in Ankeny. Caitlin Clark's triple-double propelled Iowa into the women's Final Four. The Hawkeyes will face the winner of tonight's South Carolina-Maryland game on Friday night. The Iowa baseball team re-entered the D1 rankings at number 25 after going 4-0 last week. They visit Illinois State tomorrow. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson says that he requested a trade on March 2nd. The Ravens placed the franchise tag on Jackson earlier this month. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world famous meal deals. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. In Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Take you up until 1 o'clock. Trends play the day still to come. Rob Doster from the field of 68 will be along at the bottom of the hour right now. A guy who's maybe not um, in mourning yet, but the, the, the run at the top of the NL West for his team. Well, it's coming to an abrupt halt. No, it's not. <laughs> and John Bowenkamp joins. We'll Stop. get to we'll get to the baseball in a second. I do look forward to picking your brain because I really believe in okay. those Padres. Uh, but okay. uh, but nonetheless, um, look, Trent and I were kind of speculating about this, John, earlier. We we know that uh, what it does in our state, right? What the Caitlin Clark experience means here, etc. How's this playing out nationally, knowing that they've got the men's tournament going on and it's has been as crazy and as nuts as, as you've ever seen? We think it's cutting into what normally would be all Final Four, opening week, Lamar Jackson, whatever. We think that this the, the Caitlin Clark and this Iowa Hawkeye uh, women's basketball team are, are really elbowing their way into the uh, national sports media. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could just see that last night from the people tweeting about it. You know, and, and I mean, you saw national media people talking about it and athletes talking about her and talking about this team. And I, I mean, it, they have caught the nation's attention. And I'll be honest, I think it's bothered some people on the, in the women's basketball scene because it's not, they're not the blue bloods, you know, that, that some of these. So I, I think this is, I think they've caught a lot of attention right now with everybody. They certainly have. And as you mentioned, there are people out there that, I don't like it. It's South Carolina. Now they got still one more game to win tonight against Maryland, right. but their favorite fourteen and a half. They are probably going to cruise, and they're going to be a big favorite if it is Iowa against South Carolina in that Final Four matchup Friday night. But I will tell you that John, that build up mm. again. Maybe we're oh, yeah. too close to it. But do you think we will ever see anything like that? It'll be team against individual. They'll try to create that narrative. That's going to be out there. South Carolina, they're not shy about talking. Don Saley, she she has said her piece and she'll have plenty to say going forward. It's right. for women's basketball. Is there going to be is this going to be the biggest buildup that maybe when we had those Yukon Tennessee kind of apex mm, moments yeah, with one. both both programs as big as it's been since then? I think so. Yeah, I, I, think mean, so. I, I mean I mean cuz like you said it's it's you they're going to be building up because they're acting you watch. I watched some Don Staley interview last week, and you can tell that they feel like they're being disrespected yep. here. Yep. You know, and and you know, and and yeah, they are they are the best team in the country. I mean, when you look at their numbers and and look at the way they've played, they are they are. I mean, they are as good as as as, as it gets. And but at the same time, it's like you know, it, it's just like 
they don't like – I mean, like I said, it just feels like there's a lot of people, and you look at the way some of these coaches have talked during this tournament after Iowa has beaten them, and there are just some people that I think really don't like this right now. And so I, I, I think that um, this is going to get a lot of buildup, I think, because you're going to be talking about two of the best players in the country, you know, on, and going against each other. And I think it's, it's, it's going it's to get a lot of media attention here in the next few days. Does is anyone playing sports right now mean more to their sport than what Caitlin Clark does? I mean, Otani Judge, right? Mm-hmm. Phil, for whatever you want to do, uh, there's hurts. no one in hockey. Yeah. There's really no one in football. I don't think that that no. means because football's got it. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, who who comes close to what Caitlin Clark is doing, John? I don't know. Right. I mean, I mean, this is this is this is. I mean, when you look at just okay, just the the way she's playing and look at the fan reaction last night in some of those videos when she's signing autographs yes. in this game and kids kids hugging her and wanting her autograph and wanting pictures. Right now there is nobody in, in sports right now that is commanding mm-hmm. this kind of attention from from just fans, just the normal and and, and, and it's and it, and it's and it really is there's there's a transcendence to it, I think. And it, it, I'm not overstating that. I don't think. I mean, I think Mm-mm. this is she is she is a star. And what's really interesting is her teammates love being a part of this too. Right. And so and so they're picking up on on the stardom too. And I mean, you know, kids are watching. You know, the other players on this team play and looking at how they do. And so everybody is gaining attention from this. And it is it is a big deal right now for this program to have this moment, I think. It really is. And how about everybody stepping up in different ways, too, and what we've seen throughout this one. They, they've gone deeper to the bench. And you go back to the win Friday night against Colorado. Hannah Stolke went out there, mm-hmm. wasn't playing very well, goes to the bench. Well, she yep. was a big piece of what they did yep. with Cezano, uh, Cezano uh, battling the foul trouble that she was last night. And just on and on and on. Gabby Marshall struggles with the shot in the first half, comes roaring back. Th- this is... Yes, it's Caitlin Clark, and she is that transcendent star that they have, but this is a real team, too. I mean, there's other pieces here that are some high-level basketball that's also being played. This is a collective, very good group. And I, I wrote about this just now. McKenna Warnock is, is as good as yeah. anybody right yeah. now. And yep. you look at what she's done. She has done that consistent double figures, a lot of rebounds, goes get goes and gets offensive rebounds, does a lot of things, and, and just – Goes about her job, and I mean, doesn't she, I mean she's showing a lot more emotion this year than than she has in the past. But but she just goes about her job, and you've got that you've got that within that this entire team. Everybody's figured out their role. Nobody's unhappy. You can tell this is a very happy locker room, and that makes a really big difference in March because everybody is loving this ride right now. From what you see, no question, nine turnovers. But you know what? I don't keep doing what you're doing because about three or four of them were probably and no offense to their teammates. They didn't expect the ball to be placed where it was and was right on right. the money. They weren't ready for it. She's willing to take chances and make that wild pass. Uh, and then to do the other things that she did, just absolutely remarkable. Any more on this yep. Trent? Do you want, uh, let's uh, just football John before he, cause uh, when Trent and I were talking about, uh, we're going to get on Monday with doc beat. I wanted to talk to you because we love picking your baseball brain. Sure. So we will do that. <laughs> 
that in a second. So what uh, what have you heard? What's uh, kind of the buzz early spring football? I know Ferentz spent last week. Have you had an opportunity with any more coaches yet? Any news no. coming out of Hawkeye football? No, I think we get players later in the week. I think we're going to get some players on Thursday. I think we're going to get a chance to watch a little bit of practice on Thursday. Um, I'm going to wait and see what the weather looks like before I do before I decide on doing that. Um, but I, but I mean, I, I think we're going to start to hear a little bit more about what where this team is at right now. I, I think they've got a lot of issues right now offensively because they've got some offensive line injuries, uh, some receiver injuries. So I don't think we're going to know a lot about this offense this spring. I think it's just going to be a matter of just getting people acclimated, getting that sort of thing. The bigger the bigger pieces of that will come in June and 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 in August, but I, I just think we're gonna we're gonna hear some names I think that maybe we haven't thought of that might be able to play some key roles with this team coming down as we get into September. With the news of Brody Breck hanging up his football cleats and it's only going to be the baseball cleats going forward, it felt like even before that decision they needed help in the portal when it opens up mm-hmm. May first a wide receiver. Sure. Now a little bit more help. I mean, not just digging for one guy, maybe a couple of guys. I know scholarship limits are still out there, and maybe, unfortunately, you're going to have to run a couple of guys off after spring to make that happen. But I maintain it's not just one. I think you got to get multiple guys out of the portal to help out that wide receiver room. Uh, yeah, I think you have to. I think you probably have to go get at least one and yeah. maybe two and and just see who's out there. And, and I mean, obviously, there's going to be some guys that try to play. But I do think you have to bulk up that room a little bit. I think you know they, there's some pretty good talent at the top, but I think there's a big drop off. You need to get some depth in there, and that's what you're going to have to do this spring. You're going to have to develop some guys that maybe you may need at some point. And so I think that's we everybody kind of lamented, you know, who, who's there. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, now it's an opportunity for some of these guys. But I do think when you get into the portal, you're going to have to go find one or two guys that are going to help you out in, in that passing game. No doubt about it. John, let's talk a little bit of baseball before we let you go. We love doing this with you. Um, so between games on, on a plane yesterday, I was, I was flipping over. I watched ESPN. There was a baseball tonight show, and they were counting down the top 100 players. Mm. And I got to it, I don't know, in the 20s or whatever. So you can be, you know who the top three are going to be, right? In any order, you're going right. to put Trout and Otani and, and Judge. Uh, and then Machado was four. I was surprised who number five was, and he's a Dodger. You have any idea who that would be? Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman. Mm. Freeman. I, I, I mean, Freddie's as good as. I mean, you, you, say what you want about the Padres. <laughs> this team still has Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, yeah, and a healthy Max Muncy. Mm-hmm. We'll be fine. So, but no, I mean, Freddie Freeman is a big part of what they want to do this year. And that's why I got a little queasy when he when he tweaked the hamstring mm-hmm. during the World Baseball Classic. But you know, again, you just you know. But I I, I think they'll be fine. I, I will just say this: I, I watched I was watching a little bit of the freeway series last night while watching the women's game, and Clayton Kershaw struck out Mike Trout three times. So Did I he think really he's nice ready to go? Yeah. So I think and, and Otani too. So I think he's ready to go. Uh, so, Trey Turner's uh, a loss, though. Fair to say. I mean. Yeah, but but I but I mean it's like he didn't. I, I don't think he wanted. I don't think he ever really fit in out there. And mm. you know, and and I didn't like how he played in the two Octobers he played in. So let him go do his thing in Philadelphia, and, and we'll win the West. So anyway, man, I don't know those Padres. They're they're stacked. They got no. depth. It, you know, no. last year that playoff series though, taking your Dodger hat aside just for a moment. That exercised some demons because the Dodgers, they clubbed them all throughout the regular season, mm-hmm. and they've been doing right. it for, for decades upon decades. I mean, can you see a little bit where 
Those chests are already puffed up quite a bit for the Padres even before that. That's going to maybe help out going in here to 2023. And that's when bad things happen. Uh-huh. Because they got that way a couple years ago they did. And, and got spanked around. So I, I that's why I just... You know, we we just go about our business and do our thing. So, um, <laughs> and just by the time until Otani moves across town and takes off his then, yeah, the- exactly, and then, right. and then and then and then Mike Trout struggles this year, and they decide to you know ship him off to. So. All right, so who are the Dodgers playing in the World Series? We've established that they're going to get there. Toronto. Okay, I'll say Toronto. All right, and I, I mean, knew you were wise alpha there. You called you wise alpha yep. reason. You did yep. get the American League American League okay. part of it right, John. Thanks for doing this. Talk to you down the road. Thank you, John. Bowen Camp, appreciate it. Yep, have a good one. Yep, you're the same, John Bowen Camp. As we check in on John, do you think the Dodgers win the West? We'll do that. I guess what Thursday, Wednesday, our picks. It's about that time, right? I need our to, over unders. I did the Cubs right away. I did two. Twins right away. Both over on both of them. Twins was what? Eighty three and a half at the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's eighty four and a half. Most mm-hmm. maybe even eighty five and a half. And I got them when those division odds came out. It was dumb that they were the third choice. That that yeah, big was. of a gap. Yeah. Guardians, all right. Are they going to be as healthy as they were last year? Are the Twins going to be as injured? Well, spring training tells you anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Twins got a new trainer, and he sucks too, apparently, because they are banged up. My goodness. What about the White Sox? They're such an unknown, right? Uh-huh. Feel like they have a competent manager now? Well. They have talent. Mm-hmm. It's not a talent thing. Nope. Nope. It's, just, it's kind of a White Sox thing, isn't it? Um, I was told that um, you're selling the Royals short. I've been told that too. That 69 and a half, that they're not going to win the division, not going to win 500 games, or go 500. <laughs> right. No, they're not going to win 500 games. But the young guys that came up last year, yes. that admittedly I didn't mm-hmm. watch a lot of them in August, September. September. Well, that's what I said to John Miller, who goes to all these games. Yeah. He says, John, I've, I didn't see him play after the 4th of July. No. Or should we? Right. <laughs> right. Play the hits. We got other things going on, and if the Royals are good, we're going to watch a lot mm-hmm. of Royals baseball. If they're not, we're not. Mm-hmm. I got to see it. I got to see it there because it's just, yes, I, I saw some of those numbers and some of those names, and I looked a little deeper. I'm like, okay, there's guys that I missed on that were mm-hmm. young guys that passed like outside. Yep. Being one of them. There's two or three of those guys that played pretty well last year. Still, making that leap up to even 75 wins. It's a pretty big jump. Who would who would would is if you were doing because you can do the exact order in mm-hmm. divisions? What would you do in this one? Mm. With a bet, yeah, with a bet. Cleveland, Mini, White Sox, Casey, Deet. I think so. I think that would be the order right now. Now I got to do some digging, right? Even though I love those exact bets, I, I did too. I found so I, I did some exact World Series. Did you? Yeah. So I'm gonna guess you had the Padres involved. I did. Padres, Blue Jays. Yes. Had to go with your homer pick. And then it took Blue Jays, Bravos. The Braves are so loaded. They are. I mean, God. And these guys are, the young guys, for the most part, are all signed, sealed, and delivered for, you know, the next handful of years. So it's not like they're going anywhere. Right. Yeah, that team's just absolutely loaded. And these are 50 and 60 to ones. (laughs) Season specials. Let's see. League specials, season specials. Number of teams... Over 100 regular season wins. Over under is two and a half. I'll take the under. Now you got to lay minus 190, but still, uh-huh. not that. Best record, like that. Your betting favorite is the Astros. Regular season wins. Race to wins. Last team to lose in the year. This is what DraftKings says. Oh, has. really? Last team to lose. That's a fun one, isn't it? 
you can just take a shot. I mean, how many times do we see that everybody has a lost more mm-hmm. games into the season, too? That could be a fun one there. Oh, all kinds of different things. Player futures, regular season leaders, player awards. Yeah, I got to find those exactas, though. That's a, that's what I'm going to be working on here in the coming days before Thursday, right? Thursday's opening day. Woof. I'm ready for it. I am, too. I am, too. When, once, when one sports season ends, yep. another begins. And the chain just keeps rolling on, thankfully. Straight forecast. All right, so that's first and second. Trifecta you can do. So they only have top three okay. for the divisions. So uh, to what you're saying there in the Central of the American League, the betting favorite is Guardians, Twins, White Sox, Guardians. plus 450. Okay. Cleveland, White Sox. So it's Sox. still decent money. I mean, Five four. to one for Cleveland, White Sox, Twins. Uh-huh. Then you want to get goofy. You want to throw some other ones in there. Who would be of the three, the one that would take the step back? Is it the White Sox? Is it the Twins? I don't think so. How about if you just flip them around? We don't have to have Cleveland winning. All right. Twins, Cleveland, White Sox, okay. plus 550. Twins, White Sox, Cleveland, plus 650. White Sox, Cleveland, Minnesota, plus 650. Oh, all kinds of, oh, I, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> I know what I'll be doing after 830 as well. I'll oh, be no. figuring this thing out. Do it before 830. No, I do, I do okay. I'm, I'm going to, right. uh, well, I shouldn't say that. If uh, the left side of the bracket cuts down, yeah. the Nets things won't be very if good. If Florida Atlantic's win a national uh. championship, you're in trouble. Well, of the two, who do you like? Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Bet on them. San Diego State plays some defense, man. They really do. I don't want to see that team play for a national championship. Too ugly. Let's get up and down the floor. Let's get John L. Smith and company for Florida Atlantic. (laughs) Every time I hear it, David. Is is Dusty May going to get a job? Well, what's open? There's not a lot left that There there isn't, yeah. Right? Unless somebody's waiting. Did you see the aerial shot of their campus? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Boca? I mean, it's surrounded by water. Right. Right. What a gem. My God, I thought Colorado's campus was spectacular, you know, with that cut into the mountains uh, in Boulder. This is unbelievable. Anyways, we'll take a time out. Rob Doster will join us. Basketball conversation. National perspective with Doster. Uh, He's next. Uh, He'll help us break down the Final Four and how we got to this point when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Dental.net. Joined by Dr. Macy Dealman, Elite Eye Care in Waukee and the Eye Company in Ankeny. Dr. Dealman, many people deal with dry eye. If our eyes do not produce enough tears or the right quality of tears, dry eye develops. Elite Eye Care specializes in treatment of dry eye. More advanced dry eye may be due to inflammation of the skin and can be treated with IPL or intense pulse light, which improves quality of the tear film and reduces discomfort from dry eye. Stop by and see myself, Macy Dieleman, or the rest of our doctors at Elite Eye Care in Waukee or the Eye Company. The iHeartRadio app now. Fuller Associates Family Dental offers a relaxed family, friendly atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family-owned and operated small business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry, located near the Grandview Golf Course, and now their brand new location in Altoona at 509 8th Street Southeast. East. Fuller Family Dental. Come see what the buzz is all about. Fuller Dealer for details. When you bet the college hoops action in March, you want to bet where the pros bet with Circus Sports. 
Get all the benefits of the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips with the Circa Sports app. Experience high limits, low holds, tight money line splits, and the best customer service. Download your new bookie today and bet like a pro from anywhere in Iowa. Don't miss any of the March action. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Must be 21 and present in the state of Iowa to place wagers. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call me to get started. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO, Field of 68. If you're a college basketball fan, I would hope that you have clicked follow on the Field of 68 Twitter account. They were all over it as they have been all season long this uh, past weekend. They were in the same place I was. They were at Circa, Goodman and Company, uh, and our uh, guest Rob Dost, who I finally met, Trent Condon. That's great. Absolutely. Hello, Rob Doster, Trent and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Ken, I'm just glad to hear that you survived Vegas as well. You know, it's always risky when you're there for as long as we were there, but I'm just glad to hear your voice. I'm glad to know that you made it back safe, that you made it home safe in one piece. Hopefully, uh, your uh, your bank accounts get a little bit better than mine. Uh, oh, bad weekend, huh? Uh, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't the worst, but, you know, <laughs> it wasn't the best. Uh, let's, uh, you know, I want to start with you, the, the, just kind of the consensus amongst the trio of you guys that, uh, that broke down, uh, the Creighton San Diego State game, uh, it, especially, you know, the final, uh, 1.2 seconds. Like, there was a foul there. The problem was for 39 minutes and 58 seconds, they weren't calling that. That was my biggest beef, Rob. Yeah, and, and I get it, and I understand that. And if I'm Creighton Thurman, I'm probably living in. If I'm a Creighton fan, I'm definitely mad about that as well. Uh, the only thing that I would say is that, um, I mean, when you're when you're Ryan Nemhart, you have your hand on on uh, on Darian Tramiel's hip, and you do make contact, and you do extend your arm, and the ref is standing from the angle that he is standing in, and mm-hmm. after you he sees that hammer, we saw the angle on the one of the replays directly from behind the referee that called that foul. Yep. And when you when you have your hand on that hip, and that's visible, you extend the arm, and that's visible. And the player goes down sideways, and that's visible. That's going to get called 100 percent of the time, especially with the ref looking at it from that angle. You can complain about it. You can leave it in slow motion. We can sit here and 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 uh, rant and rave about how that wasn't called earlier in the game. That's all fine. But that's going to get called 100 percent of the time. Now, my biggest issue uh, is that this is the way that San Diego State wants to play. They want to get physical. They want to get ugly. They want to get in mud. Uh, they want to play a style that is visually unappealing, right? And I don't think that that's necessarily a hot take. They want this is what they want. They want to play games in the fifties and the sixties. They want to muck it up. Basically, what they do is they play tough, they play physical, they hand check, they chuck cutters. Uh, there is no such thing as freedom of movement when you're playing against the San Diego State team. Uh, and what they do is they kind of say, "This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to play." And they dare officials to call a foul on every single possession knowing that officials are not going to do it in the month of March. It was the same thing that Tennessee did. It's part of the reason Tennessee was able to beat Duke. So I get it. It levels the playing field when you're not as talented. But I do think that it is 
It is not. Uh, the, right now, we have the um, we have the, 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 this is a college basketball on this biggest stage, right? Yeah. We had a unbelievable game between Miami and Texas in the second game of the Elite Eight yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. The first game was horrible to watch. <laughs> it, was it was a close game, yeah. Right. Yeah. It had a. a a finish that was controversial and will allow us to get eyeballs and get clicks and, and uh, be able to, to talk about it and get interactions on social media, which is always a good thing. But that was not a fun watch. And we're not going to have a fun watch when San Diego State plays in the Final Four. And part of that is because of the way the college game is officiated. And to me, that is the biggest issue coming out of this. It's not that uh, what was called there. It was that the game was allowed to be played at a level that is just not uh, mm-hmm. becomes rugby. Right, I think yep. Dusty May said it best when he was getting ready for the Tennessee game. Right, he said, uh, "He said, all right, now, um, I, like at the end of his press conference, like, all right, I got to go, I got to go get ready to play rugby here." Yeah. So that's just that that that's the issue to me is that you're you're taking away. I understand styles make fights, and it's good to have teams that play different ways, but you cannot let it turn into a slugfest where uh, we just kind of overlook the fact that hand checking and chucking cutters is not supposed to exist in college basketball. We're going to have a week of buildup now towards a nine seed, two fives, and a four, and people are going to try to make the argument that college basketball is changing. Well, this is a one-offs tournament, and you look back at last year, it was Blue Bloods making runs and teams like Carolina. So I don't think we can do anything definitive, but what, if anything, did the way this thing play out? Is this just a this season, and this is the way it played out, or is this there is something going on here, big picture in college basketball? I think it's just this season, right? Like, are, are we really going to completely rewrite everything after last year? We had all of the Blue Bloods right. and all the injury in Duke, North Carolina, playing in the Final Four with Kansas and Villanova on the other side. No, we're not, like that's not. That, that, this is the way that it happens, right? Did did we blow up the sport in 2011 when it was Kentucky and UConn and VCU and Butler? Right? No, we didn't. This is this is what happens in college basketball. It's why it is the best way to determine a champion, but the worst way to figure out who our number one seed is. <laughs> and when you combine the fact that the best teams in college basketball did not have great guard play, yep. the best freshman or would-be freshman in college basketball, uh, Scoot Henderson, the, the Thompson Twins, those guys are not playing college basketball. You combine that with the fact that overall it was a pretty uh, watered-down Freshman, incoming freshman class, and then put all of that together with the fact that a lot of these mid majors and a lot of these other programs are able to keep guys for four and five years, are getting twenty four year olds out there, right? This is just something that was going to happen. Now, the other thing that I would say is just because UConn's a four seed, like let's not ignore the fact that all of the metrics that we uh, that we value have UConn as the number one team in America. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it, trust me, I get it. But UConn, according to Ken Palm, is the best team in college basketball. They've won four national titles since 1999. You know, this is their fifth, this is their sixth Final Four in the last 24 years. You don't have to call them a blue blood if you don't want to, but let's not pretend like this is just some upstart ragtag program. Just because they've been in the muck for four or five years because of the way that some things were handled with football and whatnot. But, I mean, UConn is as close as you're going to get to a blue blood if they're not a blue blood already. And, of course, they pounded the uh, Gonzaga. How will you remember the Drew Timmy era at Gonzaga? Fun, man. Yeah, he brought fun it? to college basketball. Yep. I understand that people hate him, and, 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 like, I get it, right? Like, he he kind of embraces – I don't know if like, he embraces being the, the villain, but he embraces kind of being that antagonist. But he was fun. He, he made you want to watch. He put up buckets. He made 
he made Gonzaga relevant and great. Um, he was able to get the stash out, get the stash going. It, it, <laughs> and I will say this. It's going to be fascinating to see where the Gonzaga program goes from here because you're losing, uh, at least presumably losing. He said that he's not coming back. He has an extra year if he wants to use it. He said he's not coming back, right? So um, if, if he's gone, and we've seen these guards for Gonzaga not quite live up to the expectations they had coming into the season, Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas specifically. Um, we've seen this group uh, not, you know, without Tommy Lloyd there, they're not, they didn't get five-star, recruit, or they didn't get the elite recruits that they got when it was Chet Holmgren and Jalen Suggs and players like that coming in. So what does Gonzaga become in the next three to five years? Are they going to be able to continue to uh, sit at the level that they are at right now? Is it going to be something where we're like looking at a team that is a top 20 to top 25 team moving forward? Do they have the people on staff that are going to be able to recruit and get the players that Tommy Lloyd was able to get when he was uh, Mark Hughes' right-hand man? So um, it's going to be, um, uh, that to me, that's going to be one of the really interesting sparks coming out of this and something that I hope that we talk plenty about um, in, uh, in the lead-up to the Final Four in the next week. There are three major conference jobs that are still open. Cal, not a very good one. Penn State, not a ton of success historically. And Texas Tech that, well, Chris Beard got it running, and then very quickly Mark Adams is out. Is Dusty May waiting for one of those jobs? What are we hearing on those jobs? And and maybe is Dusty May getting to the Final Four ultimately a bad thing for him as he looks to make hmm. that next rung up? Oh, man, I... So I think that Penn State, it sounds like the guy that they're kind of going after is Mike Rhodes. I don't know if Mike Rhodes is going to end up saying yes to it, but he'll be, he should be able to increase his salary from VCU by like 50% yeah. compared to what VCU can pay at Penn State. He's from the area. He's from Pennsylvania. Um, he went to Lebanon Valley uh, College, which is, um, I mean, not it's not super close, but it's, it's not all that far away once you get into kind of like Pennsylvania coal country, everything kind of looks the same out there. So I guess it's probably pretty similar. Um, as far as uh, Cal is concerned, what I've heard is that Mark Madsen has been someone that they've kind of targeted. I've heard that uh, Randy Bennett turned it down. Um, I don't understand why you're not picking up the phone, calling San Jose State, and going and getting the guy that won 20 games at yeah. San Jose State in 10 miles. That one's baffling to me. Um, and then with Texas Tech, I I think that they're just waiting for Grant McCaslin's season to end because he's in the Final Four of the NIT um, to be able to, to officially hire him. But my guess is that's who it ends up being. I don't think this cycle just – there wasn't anything that really popped for Dusty May to be able to have it be this year, right? Um, a large part of the reason is that Ole Miss, where everyone thought he was going to end up, uh, ended up with Chris Beard. Um, another part of the reason, he is still coaching, and most of the high major turnover is uh, is, is behind us. So um, I guess that's one of the, the pitfalls of having that much success in the mid-major. But uh, as long as what's, what's far more fascinating to me is assuming he comes back, like all these dudes are underclassmen for Florida Atlanta. Right. Right. Who ends up coming back? Who ends up hearing, like, people in the portal saying, hey, we can get you this amount of money in NIL. Mm-hmm. Will FAU step up and, and make sure that those guys get a bag to, to come back to school for another year? So that's, that is what's going to be really interesting to me. Like in the transfer port- it, This is going to be the real test of the transfer portal era and, and NIL because in theory, FAU should be able to just run it back. Yep. 
they're not going to like if somebody comes out and, and puts a puts an offer five hundred thousand dollars in NIL from a collective, if you transfer here, and you're not going to have to sit out. Like are those dudes, really going to say no? Nope. Is FAU going to really step up when essentially the money that's being offered is like what they pay their coach right now? <laughs> right. So that is. That's going to be a fascinating dynamic to, to watch play out. I'm going to Google Florida Atlantic alum. I base. I mean, is there a famous one there? Right, right a philanthropic, uh, somebody that got to earn their diploma from there. Hey, Rob, let's hey, talk. Hey, man, it's in, it's in Boca Raton. There's got to be a lot of Worst places, right? Yeah. Worst places yeah, to be. be. Um, so yeah. the Miami-UConn game, obviously both teams have terrific guards. Uh, I, I find myself rooting for Laranaga. I like the old guys, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can, can they can they knock off UConn? I mean, UConn's just playing. It seems like at a different level. What what is it going to take for Miami to win? Uh, to me, it's going to take three things. The first is Norchad O'Meara cannot be in foul trouble, right? And has to hold his own against the two headed monster of Adama Sonogo and Donovan Clinton, mm. right? He's he's going to need to play like thirty eight minutes. He's going to need to do it without fouling, and he's going to need to play his absolute best. Like they need they need like a fifteen and fifteen game. Out of Omir. Um, because one of the things that UConn does the best, I think they actually lead college basketball in offensive rebounding percentage right now. Mm. And if you're not able to keep them off the glass, you cannot beat UConn. It's just not going to happen. Not with the size that they have and the finishing ability they have. Um, the second thing that they're going to have to do is be able to pressure UConn enough offensively to get them out of their sets and out of what they run. What UConn wants to do is get the ball over half court. If they're not getting out and running in transition off of a missed shot, um, they either want to get a shot in the first like eight seconds of the shot clock or in the last eight seconds of the shot clock. They run these really elaborate sets that just take a while to develop, and, and they're trying to get a specific look and a specific shot off a specific action uh, because they have counters and, and they have counters to the counters of their counters on all of these sets that they run. So. Um, you've got to be able to blow it up and you've got to be able to pressure them and you cannot let them run their stuff comfortably. The last thing that, that mind is going to have to do is get like all time games out of Isaiah Warren and Nigel Pack. You got, like, those, both of those dudes got to be cooked. Like, you got to get, you probably got to get like 55 or 60 points from them combined, uh, to really have a chance. Cause I just, Against Miami's defense, I don't see how UConn doesn't put up 80 to 85 points at a minimum. Mm. And to be able to get there if you're Miami, like you can't rely on 27 from Jordan Miller. Like what how a game he had. Jordan, yeah, he's not going to go through every game not missing a shot again. Right. right? Yeah. And he's probably like, I think that he's, my guess is that he'll be guarded by Alex Caravan. And I don't think that that's necessarily a mismatch. Um, I think that Alex has been better on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, and, and he's got length that can bother Jordan Miller on the rim. Like you need, you need Isaiah Wong, you need Nigel Pat to go nuts. If those guys get you sixty, or Chad O'Meara holds his own in the paint against Dom Sinogo and, and uh, Donovan Klingon, and Miami's able to get out and pressure defensively, they're going to have a chance to win this game. I just don't see all of those things happening. Uh, your thoughts, real quick. I know you've been busy with the men's tournament. Have you seen much of the Caitlin Clark experience? She's a freak, man. She's <laughs> special. That, that was awesome. I, I watched that game last night. That she is, man. She can go, and it's it's not just it's not just like the half court bombs, you know. I, I do think until you guys probably see her more than I do. Like she, she to me, she's like the 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 women's version of Trey Young and John Morant, that of Marquise Noel, mm. where you just have these players that come in and they're uh, firing up thirty five footers and they're just getting put in ball screens and they're whipping the ball all over the court. Like she's 
she's special, man. She is fun to watch. So yesterday when uh, we were walking out through Garage Mahal, I saw you in line paying for your coffee at Jackpot. Uh, when did you get home? Uh, uh, today. Uh, good effort. I, I, I took the red eye. Uh. So my flight left at, at midnight, uh, and I landed at about 7 a.m. this morning. So um, I'm uh, <laughs> actually a little bit earlier. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm operating about like 45%. But you know, three hours of sleep. I got enough. That's good. Sleep, sleep, yeah, sleep, like, sleep after the season. Yeah, which is enough to like get through the day. You have a nice little nap. So I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling okay right now. Good stuff. We'll be. Well, uh, you guys are. When are you heading to Houston? I will be leaving at 8 a.m. on Wednesday morning, so uh, about 36 hours. Good stuff. Right back at it. Thank you, Rob Doster. Good to finally meet you in person. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you, Rob. Always a pleasure, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Rob Dosters, we check in. Field of 68. Again, if you're a basketball fan, if you're on Twitter, college basketball fan, if you're on Twitter, make it an appointment stop because it's really good content. It's really good content. That's where Prome spent his year away from the game. Now he's got coaches in there. Um, yeah, good stuff. We'll come back. Speaking of good stuff, boy, you've been on a heater. It's been a good college basketball oh. season. And sadly, there's only three left. Well, we got the NIT. By the way, do you know where they're playing the final from Madison Square Garden? Do you know where the finals of the MIT? And I like the building, but you can't even really say them in the same sentence. Madison Square Garden to Vegas Uh and uh huh, what arena? Orleans, yeah, a ballroom, (laughs) a little different. MSG, Orleans, ballroom in a old. Yes. Uh, Las Vegas Hotel. Uh, Trends Plays of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors that. That's after this on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Smartest way to hire. Trent Condon here again for the Urology Center of Iowa. Well, the big bracket is here, but that doesn't mean you can't find sports on TV to watch after your vasectomy. We got baseball's opening day right around the corner. How about if you're a golf fan, that beautiful tournament in Augusta and the Urology Center of Iowa is taking appointments right now for vasectomies. Give them a call, 515-400-3550 or schedule online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it. When you bet the college hoops action in March, you want to bet where the pros bet with Circus Sports. Get all the benefits of the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips with the Circus Sports app. Experience high limits, low holds, tight money line splits, and the best customer service. Download your new bookie today and bet like a pro from anywhere in Iowa. Don't miss any of the March action. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Must be 21 and present in the state of Iowa to place wagers. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes. Monday, Murph and Andy coming up at uh, 1 o'clock. Now, Keith couldn't have made it back in time for this. He was in Seattle last night. He was. He was there late. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't think no, so. No, no way. Right? I find that hard to believe. Left some kind of red eye. Yeah. Getting back to Chicago. To Chicago. And then, then, yeah. uh, anyways, well, we know that the show will be here. Um, whether or not, Keith, it's not. Andy and AD will be, I'm assuming. So let's uh, get to your plays of the day. What are you betting tonight? Well, I, I was looking at some hockey again. Did you find any that's moved your needle? So I'm going to need your help on this All one. All right. And kind of the numbers that I use. This, I think this was good value. The Wild are playing the Kraken. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Crackers are good. Yeah, they're solid. Yep. And money line's basically even. Minnesota's minus 115. Uh, Seattle plus 105. What would you think if I laid the one and a half with the Wild? And if I told you mm. I got north of two to one if I did that. Who's starting in goal for Minnesota? That would be my Those question. are the kind of questions I don't know answers to. <laughs> right. Um, Again, we're moving away from my forte of college basketball. I would go for it. Flurry's he's not the best goalie on the team anymore. He isn't. Nope. He's, he's almost 40. Yeah. That's going to happen, uh-huh. right? Plus 205. Okay. So you're telling me, wait and see who's in goal. Wait and see. If it's Gustafson, jump. Jump. Yes. All right, I will do that. So that is a dot, dot, dot on mm-hmm. that one. Nothing official. Okay. We do have a couple in the NBA here this evening. We're going to play the Pacers. They're at home for the Mavericks. We're going the wrong way. And that, that team has... Kyrie Irving disease. Well, yeah. It kind of affects you, doesn't uh-huh. it? And it's infecting them right now. Yeah. And getting four and a half with Indiana still playing to get into the play-in tournament. Now, they had to have flown over their, uh, their oh, yeah. win total, right? Because I was on the under. I know you were. And... They haven't doubled it, but pretty darn close. Ooh, that a remarkable year. And then tonight, and this is what I'm watching. I'm really looking forward to this game tonight. T-Wolves, finally healthy. Back-to-back after that miraculous win last night against the Warriors. They make the short trek down to Sacramento mm. to take on Keegan Murray and the Kings. I mean, that's just a, a fun game to watch. So 668 will have that one, I'm yes, assuming? Yes, it will. The number's four. Back-to-back, road trip back-to-back, off a big win. Mm-hmm. Feels like Sacramento. Does. I'm going to lay the four here. Give me the Kings minus the four. So Pacers plus four and a half, Kings minus the four, and maybe (laughs) the Wild minus one and a half plus 205 on the puck line. All right. No no NIT tonight. Is that resumed tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Do their walkthroughs at the Orleans gym. Not even a gym. Ballroom. It's a ballroom. (laughs) From Madison Square Garden to the Orleans in Las Vegas. Uh, Murph and Andy coming up next. Sean and Heather take you home from 3 until 6. We're Miller and Condon. Trent are here with you every Monday through Friday from 11 to 1. Thanks for being with us on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.